It's episode time, motherfuckers. What up, what up, what up? This is your man, Dre Day, and you are tuned in to a brand new episode with Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast. Um, This episode here, first off, let me just say thank you. I just want to say thank you. Um, I have to keep saying thank you for the continued support and people listening to the podcast and showing their outlandish support, whether it's on my social media page um, or... You know, whatever the case may be, and, you know, liking and following my podcast, I truly, truly appreciate it. I, I, I'm I'm so proud at, you know, the accomplishment that I'm doing right now that I just got to keep, I, I, I got to keep bringing that heat. I got to keep bringing that fire. So I just can't say thank you enough. I, tru- I just truly can't. I'm truly thankful. I'm truly um, grateful. Uh, having said all of that. Uh, this episode here, I was trying to be, I was trying to have like a special episode where, you know, I have, you know what I'm saying? Like I have certain guests, um, jump on and, you know, kind of have like a convo with me, you know what I'm saying? Like whether we can agree on a topic, disagree on a topic, translation, have a debate, you know what I'm saying? Like I wanted to make things spicy with this podcast because you know at the end of the day like this times I'm tired of hearing myself talk you know what I'm saying and quite frankly I'm quite sure you the consumers are quite tired of hearing me talk you know what I'm saying like y'all wanna y'all wouldn't mind a little back and forth here and there and on my podcast I basically only have I think two or three episodes with that um shout out to my man Angelo all the way from Florida shout out to the 407 um you know he's you know graced me with his presence via phone and he was a guest on, I think, two or three of my episodes. But this episode here, I definitely was trying to do that. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to link up with any of uh, uh, any of my guys' scheduling conflict or whatever the case may be. But fuck all that. Uh, this segment right here, this first one here, uh, this one right here, I, I, I so wanted to have a guest chime in with me on this one. Because this would have been a hell of a back and forth. But this one I'm going to do on my own. And uh, let's just say that I was truly, truly inspired to make this episode popping. Uh, Friday, last Friday, I was coming home from work. Well, getting ready to leave um, work. I was in the locker room getting dressed or whatever. And I got a notification on YouTube um, from ESPN. Being that I followed him on YouTube, I got a notification, and the notification was Paul Pierce claims he had a better career than Dwayne Wade. At first, there was no video. It was just that little caption. Paul Pierce claims he had a better career than Dwayne Wade. I'm like, okay, cool. So, I clicked on the link. It wasn't a video. It was just, you know, words and reading. Paul Pierce, I'm just paraphrasing. Easy. He had the better career. Uh, basically, if he would have had LeBron James and Chris Bosh, he would have had more range, yada, 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 all this other shit. So now I'm saying to myself, all right, this guy's, you know, I'm not going to really knock him for feeling this way. You, like, you should feel like you have a better career than somebody. You know what I'm saying? But 
and and let me just say this. This is no knock to Paul Pierce at all. Paul Pierce is not a bum by any stretch of the imagination. Shaq gave him his nickname, The Truth. So that right there alone tells you that he gets busy on the court. You know what I'm saying? He was no slouch. You know what I'm saying? In college, when he went to Kansas, the University of Kansas, he wasn't a slouch there. When he got drafted to Boston, once he got into the league, he was no slouch. Paul Pierce got busy. Again, Shaq gave him his nickname, The Truth. When Shaq gives you a nickname, then you must be the real deal. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not saying that Paul Pierce is a bum by any stretch of the imagination. He is a future Hall of Famer. He's one of the greatest players in Celtic history. He's very underrated. You know what I'm saying? Paul Pierce was a two-way player. You know what I'm saying? He could play offense and defense. So I'm going to give him his respect. I'm not going to say he was a bum. However, I can call bullshit when I see it and when I hear it. And in this case here, I'm going to call bullshit. Now, one of your other nicknames is P-Double. Well, guess what? P-Double is correct because Paul Pierce, your statement, your comments about you having a better career than Dwayne Wade is straight piss and poop. Yup, so that's P-Double right there, okay? Now, having said all of that, I've garnered up my evidence to prove my theory on why I think Dwayne Wade has had a better career than Paul Pierce. Having said all of that, let's just let's just throw we got to throw stats in there. We just have to. You know what I'm saying? I didn't want to, but at the end of the day when you have a debate of this magnitude, you just have to. You know what I'm saying? You you just got to do it. Dwayne Wade. In fact, I'm going to say Paul Pierce's stats first because you know, he was the one that made this outlandish statement, okay? Paul Pierce, his career stats goes as follows. 20 points a game, 6 rebounds a game, 4 assists. He shot 44% from the field, 81% free throw shooter, 36% from the three-point line. Bam! That's career stats. Let's throw Dwayne Wade's in there. Career stats. 22 points a game. Five rebounds a game, five assists a game, 48% from the field, 77% from the free throw line. Now, if you do the numbers, obviously Paul Pierce should have more rebounds than Dwayne Wade. You was taller than him, so you should have more rebounds than him. If you don't, then something's wrong with you. Dwayne Wade wasn't that much of a three-point shooter, so I didn't really, you know, dive in on getting his three-point percentage because Dwayne Wade wasn't a three-point shooter like that. So I left that alone, okay? For five seasons, five seasons throughout their career, five times Paul Pierce has averaged more than 25 points a game. The same thing could be said for Dwayne Wade. Five times in his wonderful career, he's averaged over 25 points a game. Now, let's get to these playoff stats. You know, this is, you know, you know, this is the stat right here where you make your bread and butter. You know what I'm saying? Um, I believe Kenny Smith from um inside the NBA, he had a saying. I'm just paraphrasing here. I think he said regular season, 
you bring your game. Playoffs, you get your name. Some shit like that, or whatever the case may be. Like basically, you bring your name. Like you, like you basically bring your game in the regular season, and the playoffs, you get your name. Like you really show out, or some shit like that. Basically, I'm just paraphrasing here. Playoff stats: Paul Pierce, 19 points a game, six six rebounds a game, three assists a game, 42 percent from the field, 83 percent from the free throw line. 35% from the three-point line. Dwayne Wade stats. Playoffs. I need y'all to stick with me here. I need y'all to pay attention here because it's a lot here. I don't want nobody sleep with this topic. I want y'all to be wide awake. That means I need y'all to have some coffee. If you didn't, refill. Make another one. Have some, have some soda. Have some caffeine. I need y'all up with this because I'm going to prove an absolute point. When I'm done with this topic here, again, playoff stats. Dwayne Wade, 22 points a game, 5 rebounds a game, 5 assists a game, 47% from the field. Shot 47% from the field, 78% free throw shooter. Obviously, if you're looking at it right now, the only thing Dwayne, the only thing Paul Pierce had better than Dwayne Wade was he was a better three-point shooter and a better free throw shooter. That's it. That's all I'm seeing for right now. Okay? Bam. They both were great defenders. So I give them that. Paul Pierce was a great defender in his own in his right in his in his right mind. Obviously, he had to guard the best offensive player for the opposing team. Dwayne Wade for his sight, for his height, 6'3. Great at his size. You know what I'm saying? He guarded forwards, he guarded point guards, he guarded shooting guards. He was a great defender. So right there, we gonna like we gonna leave that alone. Now here we go. Obviously, these two guys are both champions. Dwayne Wade is a three-time champ. Paul Pierce is a one-time champ. So Wade already got that angle already. Cause again, three is more than one. But here's where we get interesting at. Let's talk about your MVP stats. Cause both of them are Finals MVPs, right? Dwayne Wade was the 2006 MVP of that finals, right? Paul Pierce was the 2008 finals MVP, right? So let's throw their stats for that MVP. 2008, Paul Pierce, your stats, 22 points a game, 6 boards, 5 dimes. You shot 43% from the field, shot 83% from the free throw line, you shot 39%. From the free throw line, from the three-point line. Now, we can remember your 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 highlight from the NBA Finals that year wasn't even your, wasn't even your scoring. It was you. I'm not I'm not gonna say you was faking an injury, but I will say you was a little dramatic with it. You know, with you know fake you know faking the sobriety of the injury. They had to get a wheelchair. They had to wheel you backstage and all this other shit and then a few minutes you running back on the field and putting on a hell of a performance cool i give you that i respect that it's the nba finals you're playing the lakers you're trying to be hollywood with it and it worked because y'all wound up winning the series so i give you that Dwayne wade on the other hand what he's remembered for is having one of the greatest finals series performances in history now i'm 33 years old i can remember a lot of finals 
performances from an average standpoint from players. LeBron James averaged a triple-double in the NBA Finals. Uh, Isaiah Thomas had a, hell of a, had a hell of an NBA Finals performance back in the day against the Lakers. Jordan, like, do I even need to say anything about him? You know what I'm saying? Dwayne Wade, he falls into that bracket as one of the greatest finals performances in history as a whole. Dwayne Wade, 2006 NBA Finals, where they were down 0-2, I might add, and came back four games to two, averaged 35 points a game, averaged eight rebounds a game, four assists, Shot 46% from the field and a 77% free throw shooter. Now, last I checked, Dwayne Wade's finals performance, way better than Paul Pence's only finals MVP performance. Here we go. Let's get the career accolades out the way. Dwayne Wade is a three-time champ, obviously. He's a 13-time All-Star. He's three-time All-Defense, 2010 All-Star MVP. He's a scoring champ. He won that the 2008-2009 season. Eight-time All-NBA, 2003-2004 All-Rookie Team, and obviously three championships in the 2006 was a Finals MVP. Now let's get to Paul Pierce's acknowledgement, his accolades. He's a one-time NBA champ, obviously. One finals MVP. He's a 10-time All-Star. Four-time All-NBA. None of them were first team, I might add. You never won an All-Defensive Award. You never won a scoring title. You're a 98-99 All-Rookie Team. Y'all keeping up with me? Y'all keeping up with me? Now, let's get real interesting here. Now, I know y'all all saying Paul Pierce, he has every right to feel the way he feels. And he does. He does. Again, he's a great player. Future Hall of Famer, I'm not taking anything away from him. But see, this is what I did here. I digested, I dissected their careers. Pre-Big 3, during Big 3. Now, again, the Celtics, they had themselves a Big 3, am I correct? With Paul Pierce... Ray Allen and Kevin Garnett, right? Obviously, the Miami Heat, they had a big three with LeBron, Wade, and Bosh, right? So what I did was I took their careers before their big threes were formed and then during when their big threes were formed. Now let's look at the numbers. Paul Pierce's stats from 1999 to 2007, from his rookie season to the year before the big three was formed, he averaged 23 points a game. Six boards, four assists, shot 44% from the field, 79% from the free throw line, and he was a 36% three-point shooter. But here's where things get real dicey. Nine seasons, right? Only four of those years, Paul Pierce made the playoffs. Four of them. All the other years, the Celtics was bums. They was trash. I remember when, you know, he had Antoine Walker. He played with Ricky Davis. He played with Eric Williams. Y'all know who that is, who used to have cameos on Basketball Wives and shit like that. Yeah, that yeah, that Celtic team. You had one conference finals appearance, and that's when you lost to the then-called New Jersey Nets. 
See, I see, I see, see, I remember this shit because me and my bros on Crystal, we grew up. We was watching basketball. After our basketball games, we'll go right in the crib, playoff time, and we'll be watching these games. So I got a, I, I, I got a great mindset when it comes, you know, to, 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 you know, to basketball. You know what I'm saying? So again, in nine seasons, before the big three, four of those seasons, you only made the playoffs. So that means the other five, you, you didn't make the playoffs. You was putting up your numbers, but what was you doing in the postseason, not very much. Let's go to Dwayne Wade. 2003, that was the year he was drafted. Obviously, he was drafted with LeBron, Melo, Chris Bosh. Probably one of the greatest draft classes ever. 2003 to 2010. Again, this is pre-LeBron and Bosh. Dwayne Wade averaged 26 points a game. Five rebounds a game. Seven assists a game. Shot 48% from the field. 77% from the free throw line. Six of those seven years. Six. Again, I say that again. Six of those seven years. Dwayne Wade made the playoffs. Six out of seven. The only year they didn't make the playoffs was 2008. And obviously, 2008 was the year that... They would, you know, basically end the lottery and they drafted Michael Beasley number two, number two in the draft. So that was the only year they didn't make the playoffs. Other than that, the Heat were in the playoffs every year. Obviously, 2006, they won the championship and he was finals MVP. Now, let's bring up their numbers during the big three. Obviously, in 2008, Paul Pierce, he got some help. You know what I'm saying? He got Ray Allen and Kevin Garnett via trades. They played together for six seasons. He averaged 19 points a game, five rebounds a game, five assists, 46% from the field, 84% from the free throw line, 38% from the three-point line. Now, to his defense, this is where he got even better. Every year they made the playoffs. For six seasons, they made the playoffs. Six of them, they made the playoffs. Two of those years, they made the finals. One year, obviously, they won. 2010, they made the finals again, but unfortunately, they lost to the Lakers in Game 7. But again, every year that the Big Three was formed, they made the playoffs. Whether they made the NBA Finals, got eliminated in the Conference Finals, Got eliminated in the semifinals. You can't take away from the fact that they made the playoffs. So, bam, you got that. Dwayne Wade, during the big three, they only played together for four seasons. Let's just say it, all four years they made the finals. All four of them. All four of them. All four seasons, Dwayne Wade made the NBA finals when he was a part of the big three. All four of them. The first year they lost to the Mavericks, which they should have won, but that's neither here nor there. They went back-to-back, beating the Thunder, Spurs, and then the year that they broke up, they got smacked by the Spurs. So all four years, they made the finals. In those years, he averaged 22 points a game, five rebounds, five assists, shot 52% from the field, shot 75% from the free throw line. 
See, these are all stats here, man. These are all numbers. So I really hope, you know, y'all that's listening, y'all paying attention. You got your pens handy. And just look at the stats. Who had the better stats? That right there, that right there tells you who had a better career. But see, this is where shit really get interesting. See, now, you know, I'm about to close out and I'm about to, you know, have a banger with this one. When you think of great franchises, when you think of certain players and the franchises that they played for, you think of their accomplishments. Where do they rank in the team's history? When you think of Paul Pierce and his success with the Boston Celtics, where would you rank him as one of the Celtic greats? Do you rank him in the top three? No. Do you rank him in the top five? No. He may barely, like, he, he, he might be in the top ten. Because obviously you got Bill Russell, you got Larry Bird, you got Kevin McHale, you got Bob Cousy, you got John Havlicek. See, that's five names right there that, ha- that have had better careers than Paul Pierce in a Boston Celtic uniform. It could be more, but I'm just giving you five. See, for Miami, I don't have to do that. Because we all know who's the greatest player in Miami Heat history. And it ain't LeBron James. It's Dwayne Wade. That's why it's called Dade County in Miami. You know what I'm saying? It's not called Braun County. It's not called Bosch County. It's called Wade County. Okay? Dwayne Wade is the greatest Miami Heat player in history. Now, obviously, Alonzo Mourning has played there. Tim Hardaway has played there. Again, I just said LeBron James has played there. Eventually, his number will be retired there. Chris Bosch played there. His number was just retired there not too long ago. Obviously, Dwayne Wade, when, when his career is all said and done, I honestly think their last home game, they should retire his number. Fuck waiting years from now. They should retire it now, being that it's about to be over for him, and he's about to retire. Paul Pierce has, is not even being looked at as one of, the, is the, one of the greatest Celtics in history. Dwayne Wade has that distinction already. He's already looked at as one of the greatest, if not the greatest Heat player that's ever wore that uniform. You feel what I'm saying? Paul Pierce's only, his only great accomplishment with the Celtics besides winning the championship. He is second in all-time scoring in Celtic history. Dwayne Wade is first in steals, Points and assists all time in Miami Heat history. He is fourth in Miami history and rebounding. Just think about that. 6-3. And you're in the top five of all time rebounds in your franchise history. You're behind Adonis Haslam. You're behind Ronnie Sykley. You're behind Alonzo Mourning. And then you got Dwayne Wade. Like, come on, like, like, Paul Pierce, like, like, what are we talking about here? What are we talking about here? But now, I'm going to close it with this. I'm going to close it with this. Now, again, this is no knock to Paul Pierce. I'm not saying he's a bum. I'm not saying he's trash. But see, here's the thing. When you say outlandish statements like this, you're going to have fans come to their favorite player's defense. Dwayne Wade is one of my favorite players. 
He was the reason I was a Miami Heat fan. I'm not a Heat fan no more because of how Pat Riley and them shitting on him and didn't give him his money and he had to go play for Chicago. I get it. Chicago boy, hometown, you went to go play for your hometown team. That should have never happened. Dwayne Wade should have spent his whole career with the Miami Heat. His whole career with the Miami Heat for all he's done for them. So, so Dwayne Wade is one of my favorite players of all time. So when Paul Pierce made this outlandish statement, oh, I definitely had to come to my man D. Wade's defense. Now, I'm going to close out with this. What position does Paul Pierce play? Small forward, right? Where would you rank Paul Pierce as one of the greatest small forwards in history? Do you rank him in the top five? Does he crack the top ten? Let's find out. Because I could just name some small forwards off the top of my head who's going to have or, or has already have a better career than Paul Pierce. Let's chime in, do you? Let's chime in, should we not? Obviously, usual suspects, LeBron James, that's one. Larry Bird, that's two. Scottie Pippen, that's three. Kevin Durant is still playing. Can we make a case that Kevin Durant will have a better career than Paul Pierce? Kawhi Leonard, can we make a case that when his career is over, he'll have a better career than Paul Pierce? We can't forget Dominique Wilkins. Some of y'all may be too young. But I, I remember Dominique. That's six. That's just six names I'm throwing out. I'm not going to throw out any more. But the point I'm trying to make to you is this. Dwayne Wade is a shooting guard. He is heavily regarded as if not in the top three or five of greatest shooting guards of all time. Obviously, the two usual suspects for shooting guards, the guard, Michael Jordan, and the Mamba, Black mama, that is, Kobe Bryant. That's the, that's, the, that's the two right there. That's your top two right there. Some may say Dwayne Wade. I say Dwayne Wade is top three. You have those who say AI. You have those the old timers that say Jerry West. You know, shit like that. But see, for me, Dwayne Wade's in my top three of all-time shooting guards. You see what I'm going here? Dwayne Wade is heavily respected in the NBA. Heavily respected. And so is Paul Pierce. He's very underrated. And so is Dwayne Wade. For his size, for him to be putting up these numbers, again, like I said, 6'3". And you're in the top four of all-time rebounds in your franchise's history. Like, what we doing here? Like, what we doing here? Now, again, Paul Pierce, this is no knock to you. You are a hell of a player. You was a hell of a player. But I just think at, this, at that particular moment, when you were on NBA Countdown, when that camera was in your face, I think you might have took a shot of something before that camera hit your face and then you started speaking this soliloquy. Because there's no way in hell you could say you had a better career than Dwayne Wade. Now, had you said one-on-one, -on -one, I could take him, post him on the block, post him up, Light work. He too small. I get that. I give you that point. But for you to say that you had a better career than Dwayne Wade, that's why I got to stop you. That's why I got to pump the brakes. And with everybody that's listening to this now, I just threw all the evidence out there that 
Dwayne Wade by far has had the better career than you. Sorry, Paul Pierce. No pun intended, but that, my friend, is the truth. What up, what up, what up? I'm back. Uh, this segment here for this episode, uh, we're going to speak about, um, well, I'm going to speak about um, Magic Johnson um, stepping down as the Los Angeles Lakers president of basketball operations. Uh, this one basically came out of left field. Um, I was at work, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I just took my phone out of my pocket and went to Twitter. And the first thing that popped up on my phone was Magic Johnson steps down as Lakers president of basketball operations. Now, what really tripped me out about it was why did he step down? Cause I'm now I'm like, I'm like trying to, you know, Wrap my wrap my mind around it. You know what I'm saying about you know why did he do it? Um, and basically he like if you listen to if you listen to his press conference, which I'm a which which I'm which I'm gonna speak on in a few on how he handled it. Um, he basically made he basically made it clear on what could have been the reasons on why he was stepping down. First, he said it had nothing to do with Luke Walton's future. Um, but if you listen to his interview, which was kind of emotional as he was speaking, um, he basically was saying how, um, he loved Luke. Um, he basically didn't want to, you know, be in control of somebody's livelihood in a nutshell. Um, but also it's being reported that how he wanted to fire Luke Walton, but Jeannie Buss, who is the Lakers owner, she wanted no parts of that. She didn't want that to be the case. And uh, it's also being reported that he wanted Rob Palenka gone. And she wasn't on, like, she basically wasn't on board with that. Um, My whole thing about this is this. And, I mean, let's just call it what it is. Ever since LeBron got hurt. And the Lakers went from the fourth seed to basically being a non-playoff team. This team has been in shambles. Because I can guarantee you, had the Lakers made the playoffs, none of this stuff would be going on right now as it pertains to Magic Johnson stepping down. He would have never had that surprise press conference. He would have never been emotional in the press conference. In fact, the press conference probably would have never taken place. The Lakers probably would have been, the Lakers probably would have been one of the top eight teams in the West getting ready for the playoffs this coming weekend. But unfortunately, being that, you know, all the drama surrounding the Lakers this season has commenced, Magic felt the need to step down as the Lakers president of basketball operations. Now, having said that, for everybody, for the people that really, really know me, I love Magic Johnson. I love me some Magic Johnson. Um, he's somebody who he's one of the he's one of the few. So I'll be, I'll say he's one of the few celebrities that I admire. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, for people that really know me, Jay Z, um, Michael Jordan, um, 
Magic Johnson. Those are probably like my top three celebrities that I basically inspire, like 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 that I inspire to be. You know what I'm saying? And of course, you know Stephen A. Smith and Shannon Sharp. Now that I'm in, now that I'm in the media world, um, but I gotta call a spade a spade. The way he handled this, as far as stepping down, I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna put a stain on his legacy as it pertains to being in the front office. Um, if you go back and listen to the interview, if you go back and listen to his press conference with Rachel Nichols. He had a one-on-one with her behind the scenes. And basically, in a nutshell, he let it be known that he didn't let Jeannie Buss know that he was stepping down. She had to find out, just like the rest of us found out, and that was through social and that was through social media, whether it was through Twitter or any other media outlets, that's how she found out that he stepped down. If you if you look to this lady as your sister. And you love her like a sister. You should have been able to sit there and have that conversation with her and tell her you're stepping down. Then explain the reasons on why you're stepping down. You know what I'm saying? Because it's being reported that how the past weekend he had a meeting with LeBron James and Rich Paul. Left no indication that he was stepping down. Um, actually, it was Magic and Rob Palenka. They both met with LeBron and Rich Paul and left no warning that they were stepping out. Well, that, that he was leaving. Um, but here's the thing. It's also being reported that how there were, there were moves that Magic Johnson wanted to make as it pertains to being the president of basketball operations for the Lakers that he was being stripped from. One of those things was firing Luke Walton. Again, Jeannie Buss wasn't with that. She loves Luke Walton. I mean, I don't know how close their relationship is or whatever the case may be, but she wasn't on that. It's being rumored that Magic wanted Rob Palenka out of there. They wasn't getting along towards the end of the season. He wanted him gone. My whole thing is this, and this goes to Jeannie Buss. If you tell Magic Johnson that he's in control of basketball operations, this shouldn't be an issue as it pertains to him wanting to make moves to better the team. Now, again, this whole season has been an emotional roller coaster for the Lakers. Obviously, they've had injuries. Obviously, they tried to do the whole trade with Anthony Davis that didn't that didn't take place. Um, they couldn't launder any other free agents to come to L.A. before LeBron made his decision, and he chose to come to L.A. Um, so it's been a bu- it's, it's been a bunch of things that's been going on with the Lakers this season that's plagued them and basically been their downfall for the reason for them not making the playoffs this season. But as it pertains to... Magic Johnson and how he handled this. This is the one thing where I have to this is the one thing where I have to say I'm disappointed in him. As a fan of his, I'm disappointed in him on how he handled this. Um The Lakers weren't doing good. They missed the playoffs 
and you threw in the towel. You said it yourself. When you got this job, you said give you two off seasons. Two. Two off seasons. Let me make something happen. Magic took this job. He was hired as the president of basketball operations for the Lakers in 2017. Okay? In 2017. That was basically when the season was pretty much damn near over. So you can't count 2017. His full year was last year. You got LeBron James. This was supposed to be the year. This was year two. This was, this was year two where you said that if I cannot bring A-list players or superstars to the Lakers, I will step down. You backed out too early, Magic. You stepped down too early. You had one more year to go. But here's the thing. You started getting crucified. You started getting criticized through social media. Uh, you had... Basketball aficionados placing the blame on you or placing some of the blame on you for the reason why the Lakers has basically been doing bad right now as of lately. Um, and you took the easy way out. As far as not seeing it through, you just chose to step down as president of basketball operations for the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, I will say this though. He didn't let LeBron know either. LeBron had to find out like we found out. Jeannie Buss found out how we had to find out. That move that he made took away from Dirk and Dwayne Wade's last home games for their franchise. Like, like that day was supposed to be about Dwayne Wade playing his final game in Miami, Dirk playing his final game in Dallas. And when Magic made the announcement that he was stepping down as president of basketball operations for the Lakers, he overshadowed those two iconic careers. Now, again, I'm a huge Magic Johnson fan, huge Magic Johnson fan. But as it pertains to front office, his front or his 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 expertise in the front office is in question now. Um, Lavar Ball, he was on Undisputed a few weeks ago, or probably a few months ago. He said that Magic Johnson was basically a figurehead. He was just a face. He didn't have no say with the Lakers, and with the with the reports that are being put out right now, to where he was basically stripped of supposedly handling, you know, full. Basketball operations, that right there just proved what LeVar Ball was saying. You couldn't make any moves. You wanted to fire Luke Warren. Jeannie Buss shot that down. You wanted to fire Rob Palenka. You wanted him gone. That got shut down. So you basically was just the face of the franchise. Now, I will say this, though, and this is, and, and this is going to be the interesting aspect as it pertains to Magic in the foreseeable future. Let's just go back to all his tenures when he was in the front office. Or even if he was a head coach. He didn't last very long in them. 1994, he was the head coach for the Los Angeles Lakers. I believe he only coached 10 games. Had a bad record. Backed out. 
Now you have this situation. President of basketball operations. For a season and a half. For a year and a half. For a season and a half. You don't make the playoffs. You step down. Now. Him and LeBron were supposed to be in this together. To get the Lakers back to the promised land. To get them back into the playoffs for the first time in six years. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. Now, the interesting aspect of all of this is what happens with the Lakers now. Because now it's being reported that Rob Palenka is going to be staying general manager for the Lakers. And his role may be higher than that. Who's to say he won't be the one to move up to president of basketball operations for the Lakers. I just think with this whole ordeal with the Los Angeles Lakers, I think it basically put a black cloud over the Laker organization. The Lakers organization is going another year without the postseason. Is LeBron now starting to question, should he, should, should he, did he make the right choice coming to L.A.? Is LeBron now saying to himself, shit, I need to get up out of here. But he does have a no trade clause in his contract, so I don't think I, 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 I don't think that would happen. Um LeBron wasn't there for the final um prep finals Lakers press conference. He was in Brooklyn um for his man Dwayne Wade's final NBA game against the Nets. So obviously he basically don't Give a shit about what's going on with the Lakers right now. Um, but again, Magic Johnson is an entrepreneur. He has other endeavors that he wants to be a part of. And me personally, I just think him being the president of basketball operations for the Lakers, it was hindering all the other things he wanted to do. He's an owner for the Los Angeles um, Dodgers. He's an owner for the Los Angeles Sparks. You know, he has other businesses that he that, that, that he tends to. In order for him to succeed top-notch as president of basketball operations for the Lakers, he would have to give some of that stuff up. The, the This Laker job would have to be priority number one for him. Everything else is secondary to him. And that's the thing with Magic. Magic is out and about. He can't, he even, he said it, he said it in the interview, he said it in the press conference, I'm a free bird, I can't be handcuffed, and he feels handcuffed, and he doesn't like it. Now, I'm just paraphrasing that last part, but that's basically how he feels. He's handcuffed being president of basketball operations for the Lakers. Um, Ben Simmons had reached out to him earlier this season, you know, to pick Magic's brain on how to become a better player. Magic didn't want to even press that issue. Rumors came out that how the NBA was investigating it to see if it was tampering involved and all that other shit. Magic and the Lakers was fined $550,000 for tampering over Greek Freak and Paul George a few years ago. You know, Magic was even saying that how he wished that he can, you know, send a tweet saying... You know, congrats to Dirk and Dwayne Wade and Westbrook for their historic games or historic careers. But he didn't want to touch on it because it may be it may be looking at as tampering. So Magic Johnson has basically in, in, in shackles with some of the things that he's trying to do. Now he's 
He's happy again. Now he's free again. But me personally, again, I just feel like this whole thing took place because the Lakers didn't make the playoffs. If the Lakers would have made the playoffs, even if they wasn't a fourth seed, I think even if they would have just snuck in the playoffs, I don't think any of this would be an issue. But the fact that they didn't make the playoffs and all that criticism and all of that um, critique on Magic was coming down on him. He just couldn't handle it. And as a fan of his, I'm kind of disappointed in him that he took the quitting route. You know what I'm saying? Like he took, he, that's what he did. He took the quitting route. He couldn't handle it and he chose to back off. But again, with him stepping away, now it's time to see who's going to carry that, who, who's going to be next in line to be the president of basketball operation. But I tell you what, it's not going to be easy. And if they were smart, they would want to get somebody in there before free agency starts. Free agency starts July 1st. So you would want to have your new president of basketball operations in check, intact, before free agency begins. Because ain't no player going to want to go there if you ain't got your own president of basketball operations in play. Now the question is, does Luke Walton stay now? Rob Palenka is already rumored to be staying. So maybe this so maybe it's more to the story, and maybe there's more of a reason on why Magic left. But again, like, I still love Magic. He's still one of my favorite, he's still my second favorite basketball player of all time behind Jordan. But as far as him stepping down as Lakers president of basketball operation, I'm not knocking him for stepping down. I'm knocking him for the way he handled it and not speaking to Jeannie Buss face to face. Because in his words, he couldn't he couldn't face her and say it. Because basically what would have happened was they both would have cried about it and she would have talked them out of it. I don't know. Maybe it's something with her eyes or whatever the case may be. Because she is a fine woman. Jeannie Buss is a fine woman. Let's not get it fucked up. Maybe, you know what I'm saying? Maybe... You know, she threw her little eye, little eye game on him. And maybe that would have enticed him to stay. But again, he just said, he said he looks to her as a sister. But that's neither here nor there. But I'm just saying. You know what I mean? But um, again, we, again, um, we still love you, Magic. Uh, we wish you the best of luck and all your future endeavors. You know, you still have other um, hats that you're... Dealing with in the sports world, as I said before, you're still the owner of the Dodgers. You're still the owner of the Los Angeles Sparks. You know, you still have other endeavors that you're doing. So as a fan of yours, I wish you the best of luck. And, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, you could be on ESPN, you know, analyzing basketball or doing what you wanted to do as far as mentoring some players. But only time would tell. So, you know, again... It's all good magic. Um, again, like you said, you're a free bird. You know, you can't be handcuffed. Well, guess what? You're not in cuffs no more. You're free. So go ahead, magic. Do, do you. Do your thing. What up? What up? What up? I'm back. Uh, this final segment is basically uh, it's playoff time in the NBA. Uh, let's just put it like that. It's playoff time. It's time to separate the men from the boys. It's time to separate the contenders from the pretenders. 
Uh, the playoffs will start this Saturday. Obviously, games is going to be shown on ESPN, ABC, and uh, TNT. So, having said all of that, I'm basically going to basically give my predictions about, you know, all the series and break it down round by round until I get to the NBA Finals. And then I will crown my new champ or do I feel like the Warriors will repeat. Having said all of that, uh, let's just start with the Eastern Conference. Uh, obviously, the Milwaukee Bucks, the number one seed, they've basically been number one all season or tied for first place. Um, they're going up against the Detroit Pistons. I expect that to be a wash. Um, I expect Milwaukee to, I'll say Milwaukee will probably win that four games to one. I think um, Detroit will get a game at home. They're definitely not getting a game in Milwaukee. I think, um, I truly think that Detroit will make it their due diligence to not get swept. And on top of that, I think Milwaukee will probably take the gas off the pedal in one of those road games, and then the Pistons will ha- will will somehow manage to get a win. But I do feel like the Milwaukee Bucks will win that series, and they will win it four to one. Um, next series is the Boston Celtics and the Indiana Pacers. That's your four five um format. Um, this series is interesting. Uh, don't sleep on Indiana. Um, I know we all thought that um, that their season was pretty much a dub after Victor Oladipo got hurt because I know that's I know that's how I felt. You know, once he got hurt, I felt like their season was over. But um, somehow they managed to still, you know, put in the work, not lose faith, and obviously this obviously, you know, they're in the playoffs. So we got to give Indiana a lot of respect for that. They're a tough team. Boston, on the other hand, they need to get it together. Uh, it's been a lot of people before the season started, including myself, that had them possibly being in the NBA Finals against the Golden State Warriors. Um, I remember I did a, a prediction video when I was in Florida in October with my son, and I said that I had the Celtics and the Warriors in the NBA Finals, but with the way... The Celtics have been playing this season and then too much inconsistency and the whole Kyrie Irving saga. Who knows? Um, But they better get it together. I know that much. Um, The worst thing that they can afford to do is get bumped in the first round. Um, That's the worst that they can do. So having said all that, I have to pick a winner for this series. And... I just think that the fact that Victor Oladipo is not there, I'm going to give the edge to the Boston Celtics. Um, I say that they'll win this in six. I don't think it'll be an easy series. I don't think they'll sweep Indiana. I don't think they'll sweep. I, I don't think it'll be a gentleman sweep. I think it would take six games for them to win this series. I do believe that Indiana will probably get one in the Garden. And Boston will definitely get 
one in Indiana. So it's basically that it's, it's gonna be that that series that series right there is gonna be interesting. But I do have Boston winning that series, and I have them winning it um, four games to two. The next series, three and six format. You got the third seed Philadelphia 76ers against the sixth seed Brooklyn Nets. The Nets has been a surprise team all season. Nobody expected them to make the playoffs because I know for a fact I did. Um, they have D'Angelo Russell, who's in contention for most improved player. He definitely has my vote for it. Um, maybe it's me being biased or whatever, um, but I don't think he'll get it. You know, I, I you know I still believe that um, the powers that be will prevent him from winning it. I think that they're still not over the fact that what he did in L.A. as it pertains to, you know, recording Nick Young and his conversation and basically ratting him out to Iggy Zale, uh to his fiance at the time, Iggy Azalea. Um, I just don't think that they're over that. Um, Kenny Atkinson has done a hell of a job with the Nets. Um, Jared Allen is turning into an amazing defender. Uh, he can get you a double-double. Um, Joe Harris, hell of a three-point shooter. Um, I'm liking the direction of the Nets. Um, and being that they made the playoffs, who knows? Maybe they can entice two players. To, maybe they can entice two free agents to come to Brooklyn. They have cap space. They have cap space this summer for two players. They can max out two players. So who knows what will happen when when this season commence and I hate to say it as a Brooklyn native but I do feel like that this their season will end in the first round against the Philadelphia 76ers um it's being reported that Joel Embiid probably will not play the first game due to an injury um but they still have other weapons obviously they got Ben Simmons obviously they got Jimmy Butler now um Tobias Harris um JJ Redick um, they still have the weapons, even if they, even if Joel Embiid is not ready to play for Game One. I do, I still think that um, the Philadelphia 76ers will win this series, and I mean, I hate to say it, but I actually have them winning it convincingly. I think this will be a gentleman sweep. I think Brooklyn will get one win at home. I think they'll get one win at home, and then after that, it's pretty much goodbye, Irene. So I have this, I have the Sixers winning that. In five games with the Nets possibly winning one at home. I don't see them going to Philadelphia to win. So I have them winning that um, four games to one. This series here is probably the only series where I believe it would be a sweep for the first round. And that will be the number two seed Toronto Raptors. Against the seventh seed Orlando Magic, I think this series right here will be a sweep. There's no need to even dwell on it anymore. So I could just go to the Western Conference. Western Conference, you got the number one seed, the defending champs, the Golden State Warriors, going up against the eighth seed Los Angeles Clippers. We could all remember early in the season, this was the game where Kevin Durant and Draymond Green had their falling out. Um, I think the Warriors will win this series. Um, I would say 
five, six games. The Clippers is no slouch. Um, obviously, the Clippers was not supposed to make the playoffs. Um, but being that they made the playoffs, now they lose their lottery pick in the draft. But, you know, they, I guess they wanted to let it be known that they're the team of L.A. And they've basically done that because they're the only L.A. team that's in the playoffs. Patrick Beverly is still the sharp defender that he is. Montrell Harrell, um, Montrez, um, Harrell, he's, he, he's becoming something wonderful in the front court for the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, Gallinari, um, obviously they still have Doc Rivers as a coach. Um, but obviously, you, you, obviously you're going up against that beast in Oakland. Uh, Curry, Durant, Clay Tom, Clay Thompson, Draymond by any stretch, just as far as being the emotional leader. Um, obviously, Boogie, obviously they got Boogie now. And I've been saying it all season long. Um, when the Warriors were having their little slumps, I, I kept I kept saying to people, they're bored. Um, they're waiting for the playoffs. And right now, I think it's time. I think this is going to be the time now where the Warriors start cranking it up and then showing people, Oh, y'all really thought that, oh, that our season was in doubt? Oh, y'all really thought that y'all could fuck with us? Now I'm going to show y'all what we're going to do. And I just think that the I just think the Warriors is going to win this series against the Clippers. I'll say four games to either one or two. Next series, Houston Rockets, Utah Jazz. Uh, this is a rematch from last year in the semifinals. But uh, this year they will meet in the first round, and I have Houston winning that. Um, I have Houston winning that series. I would say four games to one. Um, obviously James Harden is on a hell of a hell of a rampage this season. MVP candidate. Um, hopefully I can do an episode soon where I'll give out my season awards. And uh, obviously, I will have him in the hunt for MVP. Now, will he get it? In my eyes, only time will tell. If I do a future episode, give him my awards, then, you know, you'll find out on that future episode if I have him as an MVP. Um, Chris Paul is back. Can he stay healthy? That's going to be the key factor. Eric Gordon, he's another one. Can he stay healthy? Uh... They picked they picked up um Kenneth Fareed from Houston. I mean not from Houston, from um from Denver. Well, from Brooklyn, cause he was with Brooklyn, but they bought him out. Um They still got Gerald Green, they still got PJ Tucker. The thing with Houston is they keep relying on these goddamn threes. You know, this was the problem with Golden State last year and the playoffs. Obviously, everybody says had Chris Paul not got you know, injured in Game 5 of the Western Conference Finals, Houston would have beat Golden State. I don't do ifs. You know what I'm saying? They still had two more games where they could have executed and they didn't. So I'm not, I, I, I'm, I'm not, I, I don't believe in that if shit. So um, only time will tell with Houston and what they're going to propel with this upcoming season. Now, now, now that the playoffs has commenced, but again, like I said, I actually have them winning this series, and I actually have them winning it uh, four games to one uh, over the Utah Jazz. The next series is uh, the Portland Trailblazers at the three seed. 
and the OKC Thunder at six. Um, it's just something with Portland, man. I just don't trust them. Um, they they were in the same seed last year. They was the third seed going up against New Orleans, and New Orleans swept them. They stole two games at home, and then they whooped their ass two games in New Orleans. Um, having said all of that, being that I don't trust them, and I think OKC is probably one of the two teams in the West that I can see giving the Warriors a challenge. I'm not saying they'll beat them, but give them a challenge. This is basically my first upset. I mean, I don't really call it an upset. I mean, you can call it an upset from the standpoint of the playoff format, 3C, 6C, but I don't really look at it as an upset because I truly think that the Thunder are a far more superior team than Portland. But just from playoff format standpoint, okay, this is my first upset. And I have the OKC Thunder winning this series in five games. I think Portland can get one in Portland. That's a tough place to play. That crowd gets riled up. And I think Damian Lillard and and CJ McCullough, they'll put up a fight. But obviously it will not be enough against the OKC Thunder. And I have the Thunder winning that series four games to one. Uh, The last last, um, playoff matchup in the first round is the second seed, Denver Nuggets. And the seventh seed, San Antonio Spurs. Um, ah, what the hell? Let me just call it what it is. See, this series, I think, is going to be an upset. Um, Denver has had a hell of a year. Uh, Coach Malone, Coach of the Year candidate. Um, Jokic has coming of age. Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, um, Paul Millsap. He's the only one on that team with experience as it pertains to the playoffs. Um, They're babies as as it pertains to the postseason. You're going up against a team who's been in the playoffs for 22 straight years. Now, granted, obviously the old regime is not there, except for Greg Popovich. But you still have LaMarcus Aldridge, who has playoff experience. You still have DeMar DeRozan, who has playoff experience. You have Rudy Gay there, who has playoff experience. Uh, young Derek White, who's, be, who's, who's becoming a great defender for guards in the NBA. I just think the Spurs, with their experience, will pull the upset against the Denver Nuggets. I say the Spurs will win this in six games. I don't think it'll be easy. I'm going to give the Nuggets their credit. They are the second They are the second seed. Uh, they did have one of the best home records in the regular season, and so did the Spurs. So it's going to be interesting to see which team gets that road win. That's probably, what it's go- That's probably what's going to pick the winner in this series, whichever team gets that road win. But, uh, again, I'm just going off of experience here, and I got to go with the San Antonio Spurs to win this series, and I'll say they'll win it um, four games to two. Um, That's pretty much a wrap for the first round. Um, Now let's get to the second round. Obviously, I said Milwaukee will win the first round. 
I said Boston will win theirs. So that's pretty much the next matchup. The Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics. Uh, this is a rematch from last year. A rematch, a, a, a rematch, a rematch from last year in the first round where I believe this series went seven games last year. Um, I think Milwaukee remembers that. Milwaukee had a chance to pull the upset. Um, and I truly think that I think I think Milwaukee is truly hungry this year. Obviously, Greek freak MVP candidate Chris Middleton. Um, I, 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 I just I, I just think that um, Boston is going to have their work cut out for them in the second round. Um, having said all of that, whew, damn, this one is tough. Mm, part of me wants to stick with Boston because I've had them before the season started. But I got to be a realist, man. I don't think nobody's stopping Greek Freak. I don't think nobody's stopping Greek Freak. So I have uh, I have Milwaukee winning that series against the Boston Celtics. I don't know how many games it's going to take, but I just have them winning that series against the Boston Celtics. Uh, the other series, three seed Philadelphia 76ers, second seed Toronto Raptors. Um, this is the round here where in recent history, where the Toronto Raptors would be stopped. They've never been to the conference finals before. They've gotten as close to the semifinals and then bam, they're out of here. Obviously, their past progressions was because LeBron James basically was their king and they was his bitch. But now that he's out in the West now, and now that they have Kawhi Leonard, uh, Marcus So is there now, um, Danny Green is there now, they have they have that true playoff experience now. Um I don't trust Philly, especially in the second round, because again, you don't know, you don't know how healthy Joel Joel Embiid is going to be. You know, whether it's soreness, whether it's his back, we don't know. Like we don't know what we're going to get out of Joel Embiid, and I think that right there is going to be the downfall for the Philadelphia 76ers in the playoffs. And for their for their sake, they win their series. And they hope by a miracle that the Orlando Magic beat the Toronto Raptors. But obviously, we know that's not going to happen. So having said all of that, I have Toronto beating Philadelphia in the second round in the semifinals of the Eastern Conference. For the West, I have the Warriors and the Rockets meeting in the second round. This is one of the teams where people, you know, this is one of the teams that people think can stop the Golden State Warriors would be a threat to the Warriors. You know, I said it was OKC. I said OKC was one of the two teams. The Rockets is the other team. Um, again, like I said, a lot of people feel like had Chris Paul not got hurt last year, they would have beaten the Golden State Warriors. Well, guess what? If all else, if, if the stars in the universe line up and they both beat their first round opponents, we will truly find out the answer to that theory in the second round. But I got to be honest with you. 
that star power in Golden State, if if Steph Curry is not hurt, if they're all meshed in one, they're all on the same page, I don't see nobody beating this team. I don't see nobody beating them. I truly don't. So having said all that, I have the Golden State Warriors beating the Houston Rockets in the semifinals. And then on top of that, you know, I don't think James Harden is going to have those crazy outlandish games that he had in the regular season. You know, playoff time, the game slows down. Um, Obviously, they've played you enough this season. Obviously, Houston won, I believe, the season series three games to one. But that don't mean nothing. You know, regular season is one thing. Playoffs is a whole nother element. You know what I'm saying? And then on top of that, again, I still I just don't trust Mike D'Antoni in the playoffs. I just don't. Um, I'm, I'm not a fan of his coaching methods. So, again, you know, only time would tell. You know, I don't respect him as a coach. So, Steve Kerr, Mike D'Antoni. I'm going with Steve Kerr all the way on that one. So, um, yeah, I have Golden State winning that series. Next... Another rivalry that's been going on for a few years now. And that would be the San Antonio Spurs going up against the OKC Thunder. Um, It pains me to say it. I would love for the Spurs to pull an upset. Not even an upset. I mean, they're the seventh seed. Thunder's the sixth seed. But again, they're rivals. And you, and you know how this goes with rivalries. Like, for any sports fan out there, you know how it is with rivalries. You never know. You know, a team could be trash. But if you've played them long enough, it becomes a rivalry. You know each other very well. You have that familiarity with each other. So it can go either way. It's like flipping a coin. Um, but having said all of that, I just think that Russell Westbrook and Paul George, they're hungry. And I think with Paul George choosing to stay in OKC this past offseason and choosing to stay with Russell Westbrook and righting their wrong from last year of getting the first round exit against Utah, I think they're out. I think that they're trying to right that wrong from last season. And I just think that they'll beat the San Antonio Spurs. I don't know how many games it will be, but I just believe that the OKC Thunder will prevail against the San Antonio Spurs in the second round of the Western Conference semifinals. Having said all that, we get to the Eastern Conference finals and we have the top two teams. We have the Milwaukee Bucks and the Toronto Raptors. Um, Both of these teams have basically been one and two all season. All season long. I don't believe neither one of these teams got to even being the third or fourth seed. Um, who do I have winning this series? Does the gas run out for Milwaukee? Does the championship experience of Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green and, you know, Conference Finals experience of Marc Gasol and Serge Ibaka. Will that propel Greek Freak and the Milwaukee Bucks? I think it will. I think it will. I think this season, uh, 
We the North, which is the Toronto Raptors, I believe that this will be the year where the Toronto Raptors will make history and make their first NBA Finals. Um, I just believe bench-wise and starting lineup-wise, they have the edge. And again, they have the experience. You have to factor that in. I know a lot of people, you know, don't believe in experience, but you just have to. You just have to. You know, Milwaukee has never been in this situation before. I mean, they've been in the conference finals before, but none of these guys was on that team. Ray Allen was on that team. Sam Cassell was on that team. Big Dog Glenn Robinson was on that team. And the last I checked, ain't none of them playing for Milwaukee right now. Um, Again, Greek Freak is having a hell of a year. Hell of a year. But I just think the luck is going to run out for the Milwaukee Bucks as they get to the conference finals. And I have the Toronto Raptors winning the Eastern Conference and making their first NBA Finals trip. In the West, Warriors and Thunder. Me personally, if we couldn't get LeBron in the playoffs, I would love to see KD and Westbrook go at it for a trip to the NBA Finals on the line. I would love to see that matchup. Now, I'm not a Warriors hater, but I do hate the fact they keep winning. And I'm just waiting for the one team to be the team to take them out. I think the Thunder have the recipe. They have the firepower. Again, they got Russell Westbrook. They got Paul George. Steven Adams is their rim protector. Uh... Jeremy Grant has played great this season. Um, Dennis Stroder has played great this has played wonderful this season. <sighs> but I gotta be honest with you. Again, if this Warrior team stays as a unit, no arguing, no bitching, no injuries, I just don't see how a team in the Western Conference, can beat the Warriors four times in two weeks. I just don't see it happening. I truly don't. Not even the Thunder. And that was one of the teams that people said will be a threat to the Warriors. Again, it was the Warriors and the Rockets. Those were the two teams. I just don't see the Thunder taking out the Warriors if they are a tight-knit group, no drama and no injuries. I just don't see it happening. So having said all of that, there's my NBA Finals. Raptors, Warriors. Who do I have winning it? As painful as I hate to admit it. The last team that won the one the last team that had a three-peat was the Los Angeles Lakers. Shaq, Kobe, Phil Jackson, Derek Fisher, Rick Fox. Uh, Brian Shaw, um, who else was on that Laker team? Um, Mark Matson, he was on that team. Um, that was the last team that had a three-peat. I think the Warriors this season, and it, and it, and it pains me to say it, because I'm tired of them winning. I think they will march into their new arena next season in San Francisco. Opening night, raising another championship banner. 
Uh, I truly believe that the um, Warriors will win another championship. Um, I believe this will be the three-peat. And then, I guess at the end of the season, we'll find out what happens with the Warriors as it pertains to possibly Kevin Durant leaving, um, Clay Thompson getting the max contract, Draymond wants a max contract. Let's see what happens with that. So, again, I have the Raptors and the Warriors in the NBA Finals, and I have the Golden State Warriors winning their fourth championship in five years and then basically capping off the three-peat. So, having said all of that, that's my NBA That's my NBA playoff prediction. Uh, it's a wrap for this episode. Your boys got to go. So, until next time, this has been another episode with Sportswear with Dre Day Podcast. Um, hit that subscribe button on whatever streaming platform you listen to my podcast on, whether it's Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, um, all the other streaming platforms. I'm not quite sure if y'all listen to them on there, but just any streaming platform that you listen to it on, hit that subscribe button. Subscribe to your boy. Uh, you can also download the Anchor app on your mobile phone. Hit that favorite button. That's basically you're subscribing to my podcast as well. They just don't use the word subscribe, but it is subscribe. They use favorite, but it's also subscribing. Um, you can also go on my social media outlet pages to check out my episodes because the links are right in the bios on Instagram, Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast. Um, it's also going to be on my personal page which is dre day 1985 um it's gonna be on my twitter handle which is dre day 1985 and it's also gonna be on my podcast um page for twitter which is dre way podcast d-r-a-y-w-a-y podcast and then on facebook um you can look me up dre day d-r-a-y space d-a-y I'm always putting my episodes on my on my private on my personal page so you can check me out there as well. Um before I go, I just want to keep saying thank you to everybody that's been taking their time out to support and listen to the podcast. Um I got some I I I got some wonderful ideas coming up in coming up in the coming weeks and months. Um I will keep y'all updated. But again, I just want to thank y'all for, you know, taking time out y'all day to listen to your boy. I truly appreciate it and I'm thankful. So again, signing off. This has been another episode of Sports with Dre Day Podcast. Take care. Have a blessed weekend. Peace and love. I'm out of here.